Blog Talk Radio. Hello, I'm Tobias Flood. I'm from Oslo, Norway, and I'm on the journey with Neville D'Angelo. I am Neville D'Angelo. Today my guest is Lex Gantor from A Sounds Bite Life. You are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places. We meet fascinating people with novel solutions to life's tricky problems. We play a few games, too, and track the phenomenal characters of three classic books, A Sounds Bite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicit, A Time to Begin Again. We made this stop to address a core value. We call it core value number five. Right about now, there's a flurry of activity in several quarters. High school students are preparing to graduate with the goal of entering college. College students are preparing to graduate with the hope of finding the career they long dreamed of. Or not. Some students are wringing their hands some parents are keeping their fingers crossed, and some of both are right the second at their wit's end. They just realized they're behind the eight ball. Well, it really doesn't have to be this way, but here we are. Again. Well, what more perfect time to regroup and recalibrate than now, while at the same time making sure that you don't find yourself also snookered when your moment comes. At this stop, we're going to do three things. One, we'll identify a typical hurdle and show you how to get over it or around it. Two, we'll share how your core values impact whether you'll ever get from where you are to where you want to be. And three, Lex Ganter will share with you a story that will help to Mel these together for you. At our previous stop, an HR manager of a major corporation joined us on the journey and identified a very sticky problem, one I had identified to you several stops ago. Her name is Anita Marina. Let's remind ourselves what she said. Last week, Neville, I had an opportunity to uh, participate in mock interviews at a local college in an attempt to assist minority students, actually African-American students, in preparing themselves for um, interviews at corporate in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to have to say that I was really, really disappointed mm-hmm. um, in the level of preparedness. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some cases, uh, t- uh, some of the students were very articulate. Mm-hmm. In other cases, I was met with yes, no answers, Mm -hmm. um, and it was a complete, um, I'm trying to even think of the word, uh, it was a a project in itself in just trying to get people to communicate what their thoughts and Mm -hmm. ideas were. Mm -hmm. In most of the interviews, all of the students had very, very big dreams, 
major dreams as to what they wanted to be. And the sad thing about listening to these students is that they have no earthly idea as to how to get there. Yep. It seems we've got the art of dreaming big down to a T. Sadly, we are at a loss after that. It is a huge problem, and I strongly recommend that you spend a few minutes with the rat and the alley cat, which is readily available from Nook and Kindle for any of your smart devices. It walks you through the seven steps that will get you to where you want to go, and that for less than the cost of a cup of coffee. Uh, Let me make a wild stab and say that you've heard the following and could probably repeat them in your sleep. Seizing the opportunities, setting goals, and stretching to reach your goals. In fact, two stops ago, a senior, Mrs. Bessie Price, shared with us as a part of a separate discourse this. Look for opportunities to excel Mm -hmm. and then achievement. Achieve, set goals, and achieve mm-hmm. whatever it is that you are after. Mm-hmm. And don't let anything get in your way to stop you from mm-hmm. reaching your goal. But set set goals higher. Don't just set a, a little goal there and say, well, okay, I got over that. That's good enough. Just set your goals higher and higher. If you achieve one thing mm-hmm. uh, to better yourself, set another goal. Try mm-hmm. Opportunities is one thing. Mm-hmm. Get an opportunity to try to go another hurdle, you know, a little higher, mm-hmm. a little higher, a little higher. But you got to have, that's a mindset. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. they don't have the mindset and feel like, okay, if I give me a good rap record, you know, you know, that's going to put me mm-hmm. over. <laughs> that's not what it's going to take. It's going to take more than knowing how to rap. If we hope to achieve, if we expect to reach our dream, then we need to have a road map that leads us from where we are to where we want to get to. Quite often, we don't have that road map. We don't know how to create that road map. Or we haven't corrected that road map once things are changed. And by the time Shawana Rochelle Kimbrell was in fourth grade, she knew she wanted to be a fighter pilot. Today, she is Major Shawana Rochelle Kimbrell and the first black female fighter pilot in the U.S. You'll find more about Major Shawana Rochelle Kimbrell in our blog. It's matchboxmystery. .wordpress.com That's the Journeys blog matchboxmystery.wordpress.com Click on the article on the joyous celebration or just search on the her name and you'll find a couple of these things that I'm going to share with you and much more. Here's what she said in this regard. Education was the thing that opened doors. She also said I was in constant competition with myself. Here's what I'd like you to pay some particular attention to. She said this, It's really hard to build a road if you don't know where you're going. 
a lot of people have goals but don't really put them into context if a goal is really your end state you have to look at the terrain you have to go through to get there how you're going to build that road and what you're going to do she also said this nothing's easy expect roadblocks expect that there are going to be people out there who don't want you to succeed expect people are going to tell you no but the desire that comes from within if it's something that you really want will carry you through uh, two things that i'd like to bring into your focus are the terrain be aware of the terrain and be aware of what's within you again the terrain that's the region that you must be traveling to get to your goal and do you what's within you so let's say that you have got your road map you're getting familiar with your terrain as you travel along those roads to get to your goal but what keeps you going as the major said is what's inside you and that brings us to our core value and we're going to mention core value number 5 i hope this is not big news our core value number 5 is hard work each one of our guests in the past have mentioned this in their road to success hard work here is what mr price a former vice president of horizon said to us at one of our previous stops certainly there are um inequalities right. in society whether you're talking workplace or just uh society in general there are, there are inequalities there are higher hurdles mm-hmm. uh based upon you know where you fall in the uh Uh, you know in the social realm right and and so um you know some of the resistance to quote unquote hard work mm-hmm. maybe maybe um uh, a um uh, a pushback on some right. of the inequalities that exist right. nonetheless they are reality the inequalities are out there mm-hmm. and one of the 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 uh, you know proven ways of over, overcoming those inequalities is just outworking the other guy Mm-hmm. and i think that's that's less necessary that's still necessary core value number 5 hard work embedded in that value hard work is of course not wasteful hard work but smart hard work hard work towards the achievement of a goal hard work towards the achievement of the dream I'd like to encourage you of course again to look at our two blogs at matchboxmystery.wordpress.com and at riosports.blogspot.com click on the core values link as the weeks progress you'll find there more and more discussions on each of our core values along with useful articles while we're calling up Lex Gantor for our story of the day i'd like to encourage you to take a look at your own core values 
Are your core values helping you or are they hindering your progress? This is a familiar story, Luxurious Soup, from A Soundbite Life. First and foremost, we'd just like you to enjoy the story. But my hope also is that as time rolls by, that story will marinate and more things will come to light. Enjoy. One day, Brother Nancy had come a long way through the jungle. He was tired and hungry and happened upon the edge of a village. There was a river there. The women had just done their day's washing by that river, and they were tired and hungry too. I could make the best tasting, most nutritious soup out of stones, Hmm. he said to the women. Soup out of stones? They laughed. (laughs) The best kind of soup out of stones. Utterly ridiculous. Nonsense. You think we stupid? These women responded in a chorus, branding Bera Nancy an idle bracket. No one on God's good earth could make such a thing as soup out of stones and have it be nutritious and good tasting. It's crap. That's crap. That's crap. And Bera Nancy smiled. Quite acquainted with human nature, he had heard his grandfather say, God gave humankind curiosity. The devil gave humankind doubting. Ever since that confusion, I have lived hilariously well. <laughs> well, the women were still laughing. You think it crap? He said. Okay. Bring me a pot and some stones. One of the women dashed off to her home to fetch a big pot. The others gathered stones, saying, Let's help this hairy braggart confirm himself a fool. Tisant so full of mouth. You see, stones were plentiful in this village. Daily these women had scrubbed their husbands' clothes with these stones. And if there was ever a community that knew how to make the most of the least of anything, it was the women of this village. They were good. And they knew stones were not ever going to be good for eating, no matter how much stones are cooked, no matter how much stones are crushed. Now the woman had returned with her pot, and the other women with their lot of stones, and they watched Vera Nancy, how keenly he examined the pot. Hmm. Bring me sticks, he said. I need a fire to make my stone soup the best tasting, most nutritious soup of stones you have ever seen. Another woman spirited off to fetch those sticks. Let's get a laugh at this he creature's stupidity. Well, Nancy organized himself a comfortable spot. And upon it, he sat and began to hum. And the women fixed their eyes on every little thing he did, just in case. 
Yes, just in case. The fire sticks arrived, and the women watched how well Nancy made his fire. They noted how he poured the water into the pot. They noted how he whistled as he set the pot half filled with water atop the fire, and how he selected stones from the lot. They listened to him, how he talked to himself, reminding himself of the precise way he needed to wash each stone. A little water here, a little water there, rub, 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 wipe, wipe, wipe. They watched how carefully he placed each cleansed stone into the pot of boiling water. Set them one by one into the pot like they were potatoes. And no one, just in case, wanted to miss any part of how Baron Nancy was going about creating this best-tasting, most nutritious soup. And how he was making it out of stones, the most ordinary kind, stones picked by these very village women. They didn't want to miss anything, just in case, and because stones were plentiful in this village. And stones are good for scrubbing clothes and for sharpening things and for building roads, but stones are just not made for eating, no matter how much one boils them or crushes them. And these women knew that very well. But Bear Nancy suddenly looked up. Bring me a spoon, he said. These stones need a little stirring. And the woman dashed off to her kitchen, and that quickly was back with her best pot spoon. And the women watched ever so closely as Baron Nancy stirred and stirred and stirred that boiling pot of stones. They watched how he scooped up tantalizing drops of boiling water and blew on it and tasted it. Oh, so good. Ooh, it's so good. You know, this soup would be ever so perfect if only I had just a pinch of salt. One of the women sprinted off to fetch Baron Nancy some salt. And yes, she brought him her best kitchen salt. And so excited she was, this woman that knows herself around the pot, she tossed her salt into the boiling pot. <gasps> Baron Nancy exclaimed, You should have let me do that. But that's all right. Not to worry. I can tell you of tossed in the perfect amount. You have a woman's touch, don't you? And Bear Nancy stirred and stirred. Then he dipped. Then he tasted. Ooh, Mimi. Mamma mia. So, so very good. Thank you. Thank you. You, ma'am, you have just got the perfect touch, and you know if I had just this many chunks of celery, this would be bar none, the best soup I ever had. One of the women, remembering she owned the best chunks of celery, and that she had already chopped them for dinner so that she could be quick with her meal after her day's washing, dashed off to her kitchen and, wasting no time, returned. And she dropped those chunks.
chunks of celery into the boiling pot. Brother Nancy stirred and stirred. Then he dipped. Then he tasted. My God, this is so good. This is so, so... Can you tell this is real good? This has got to be a soup like no one else has ever made or tasted. And oh, what a soup this would be if only... If only I had a few chunks of meat. Gosh, a few chunks of meat could do it just right. And the butcher's wife was off. Just as quickly she returned and tossed her finest cuts of dinner meat right into the boiling pot. Oh, you're so sweet, Bernancy said. Bernancy stirred and stirred. Then he dipped. Then he tasted. Yes, yes, yes. And so I'll doing myself today. This soup hits the spot. Oh, it's absolutely luxurious. Would you believe the only thing this perfect soup is crying out for is... Well, in this manner, as the story is told, each woman of that little village by and by fetched her finest ingredient she had set aside for the evening's dinner. Each woman added her finest ingredient to Brera Nancy's boiling pot. And Brera Nancy stirred and stirred and he dipped and he tasted. Each woman noted every word Brera Nancy said and every little thing he did. They listened to his remarkable expressions of excitement as he cooked before their very eyes in their very pot full of their very stones and as he tasted spoonful after spoonful of his extraordinary soup. They saw the glitter in his eyes and how his tummy grew as he sat right in their very midst working the pot, enjoying the pot. Then suddenly, they heard him say, Oh, I'm outdoing myself today. And whistling, he stirred and dipped and tasted and stirred and dipped and tasted. And fully satisfied with it, he arose and said, That's it. I am done. And bidding the women goodbye, he tipped his hat and bowed and said, Thank you very kindly, ladies. That indeed was the best tasting, most nutritious stone soup I ever had. I outdid myself today. Then he burped and said, I told you I couldn't do it. Cheerio. The women were so stunned by that little fella, they stood there waving until he was gone back into the jungle. Let's have some soup, one woman said. Hurriedly, the women gathered around the pot to dip a taste bare Nancy luxurious soup, and they looked into the pot, and their eyes bugged out. Stones? They could hardly trust their own eyes. There were only stones in the pot. 
Each woman in turn, just to be sure, took the spoon and tried to stir the pot. For sure that pot was full of stones, the very stones they had fetched, the very stones they saw that braggart clean and put into their very pot, stones good enough for scrubbing clothes and sharpening things and building roads, stones that would never be good for eating, no matter how much they are cooked or crushed. Where is this luxurious soup? I'm gonna kill that son of a... Where did that bastard go? Back into the jungle. Let's go after him. I'm too old for this, the oldest woman of the village said. I'm too old and tired. She lifted a basket of clothes to her head. And you all are tired too. To go into the jungle to look for what you'll never find. It's time to go home. And so the other women lifted their baskets too and set them upon their heads and went home. But not the youngest woman. Red with rage, she ran into the jungle and searched. And having not found Vera Nancy, she kicked the stones all night long, for she did not know what she would tell her husband when he came home, for her husband was usually a mean and angry man when his food was not cooked. But the old woman went to bed laughing. <laughs> she pulled her blanket over her head and closed her eyes and laughed and laughed. <laughs> I can't make up my mind what to think, she said, laughing more and more. I tell you, no tricks, no living. I learned so many lessons today. <laughs> that Baron Nancy is something else, I tell you. I should say thank you, shouldn't I? Thank you, Baron Nancy, thank you. Just that moment, the old woman heard a creak at her door. Is that you, Pappy? You expecting somebody else? Sometimes that would really be nice. Don't give me mouth, woman. Where's my dinner? I'm really hungry and too tired for chit-chat. Good, she said. Me too. And she laughed. She slept good that night. I hope you enjoy our story of the day. I use this story in many different situations in both leadership and guidance. And I usually ask the folks to do what I'm about to ask you to do. Step back and be one of the characters in the story. And do that for each of the major characters. As you are that character, think to yourself, what would you do in that situation 
write three things that you glean from being that character. Write three things that you would do differently if you were that character. In other words, I'm asking you to step away from just the first blush of your thoughts of that story, look back at your core values, and then listen to it again. See you next week.